You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to the Women in Archaeology Podcast, a podcast about, for, and by women in the field. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about periods! Yay! <laughs> Joining me for today's discussion are Jessica Irwin, Emily Long, and Nicole Bodenstein. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. This is a great topic. So excited. <laughs> right? So this is this is a super, super important topic. And I feel like, you know, there's often a taboo around women talking about their periods and why should there be? Um, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to try and negate some of that. Um, so to start off with, why don't we talk about some of the difficulties that you can encounter in the field, either for people who haven't spent a lot of time in the field or people who have been lucky and have always worked in cities and places with restrooms. I'll be happy to jump right in <laughs> just with, I mean, your standard issues doing field work, whether you're close to a vehicle or not. I mean, it can be incredibly difficult to find a good spot to take care of business when you're menstruating. And it can be incredibly awkward, um, particularly if you're the only female on a crew. Um, and it shouldn't be that awkward and it shouldn't be an issue, but there's such like a cultural stigma around it and that kind of ew factor when it's a perfectly natural thing and it's shouldn't be that big a deal. But man, is it a pain in the butt when it comes to having your period in the field. I mean, it's messy. Um, you have to carry extra stuff. You may have horrible cramps. Um, you may have headaches. You may have migraines. All of those things that are associated with um, or potentially associated with having your period. It seems 10 times worse, whether you're surveying, excavating, whether you're on a ship or doing underwater archaeology or doing it seems like any branch of archaeology it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> right. And and a lot of archaeology is not done in cities. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of archaeology is also done in cities where you might have access to a restroom. But a lot of archaeology is done where the nearest restroom might be miles and miles and miles away from where you are. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Your restroom is a bush. <laughs> right. If, if you're lucky enough to have bushes, sometimes there aren't even exactly. bushes. <laughs> Or there's nothing to um, duck behind. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then sometimes you're on a crew with all guys, or even if you're on a crew with some girls, you know, you get to do the like, hey, like, I'm going to go over in the corner. Please nobody look at me. Um, <laughs> I feel gross as it is. Well, I think sometimes. <laughs> right. Like, that's that's always a fun. You get, like, anxiety, like, all day, like, knowing, like, especially, like, I'm a tampon user and being, like, if I wait too long, like, am I going to get toxic shock or am I getting myself a UTI or <laughs> like, what is going to happen? Like, and having to have like the, the anxiety of like making a plan of like, okay, we're going to go hike, you know, today a bunch of miles or for me, we're going to be out on a boat for 12 hours with no bathroom. Like, how am I going to manage this? Um, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it makes the day non-enjoyable, you know? Oh, Definitely. And I've even been on situations where we were in, doing an excavation on a campus, but we weren't allowed to go into the buildings to go to the bathroom because um, all that was around us were the uh, residential halls. And so the nearest bathroom, you had to drive and you couldn't just drop your trousers because you're in the middle of a campus. <laughs> so then it's like, what do you do? Yeah. And then not to mention, like, in my case, like, oh, you know what I really want to do today on my period? Like, put on a bathing suit and a wetsuit and, like, <laughs> hang out all day in the freezing. And, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I get, like, breast tenderness is one of my symptoms. So then, like, I'm really like, mm -hmm. oh, awesome. Like, bikini top and boob tenderness. Like, this is just the best day ever. I think the worst <laughs> is when it's, like, the first day of your period and like you have to change out. I used to use tampons and then I would have to change out every two hours. So I'd have to be that person on the crew where it's like, can can we use the car to go to the gas station every two hours? <laughs> oh, right. So I think we've 
we've determined that having your period in the field really, really sucks. <laughs> okay. So like, let's move on to some of the more practical, like what can we do about it? So there's some pretty standard um, <laughs> methods for dealing with your period that have been mentioned, like pads and tampons being two of those. Um, I know that we have people who prefer both pads um, or tampons on this episode. So are there like particular issues with using one over the other? Do you use both? Where are people at? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I can't, they're like, a pad is like a non-option. Like if you're going to get wet or. Oh yeah. If you're going to be in the water. The water no. like, Ooh, pad is like a non-option. But also for me personally, like I have very heavy periods starting on day one. And so I can like more conspicuously like change a tampon than I can a pad. And then also in terms of like waste product, I can more conspicuously like hide my waste than I can with a pad. Um, and so like for me, that's like that it's like a pad is just like non, it's not going to happen. Um, and I haven't tried the other options that are out there. And unfortunately for me, like I can't take the pill because of some other hormonal issues, you know, all those great hormones that we have. Um, mm. And then like, you know, I have a family, so an IUD is also not non-option for me because I want to have a couple more babies. So tampons are it. Like you just have to suck it up, deal with it, figure it out. And I'm kind of in on the opposite side there where I'm mostly a pad girl myself and I'm outside but surveying or excavating. So it's a lot easier for me to just duck behind a bush, um, change out a pad. The only problem is, yeah, that is a lot of waste. And I'm a very hardcore believer in leave no trace. And so I know I'm packing it out with me. And I always found this to be a helpful um helpful tip. And actually one of my friends in college uh, taught me how to do this. Um, if you have a plastic bag and let's say you're with a whole bunch of, of people, you don't really want to be like waving your bag of, you know, use pads around me. Like, look what I got. Um, you take a gallon bag and you can cover it with whatever, whatever you want or put paper in the interior to make, you know, a completely, uh, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? So you can't see it in the bag. And so you can use right. duct tape, paper, whatever, you know, one of those fancy words. Not I mean, translucent. Duct tape does everything. Yes. Um, and then put also put a dryer sheet in the bag to help with smell. And so you can just put your, your used pads in there, use tampons, whatever, close it off. You don't need to worry about smell. Don't need to worry about um, pulling something out of your backpack um, and everybody be like, eh, gross. Uh, so it kind of helps with um, uh, figuring out like how if you're in a big group of people, it just makes life a little bit easier, especially if you want to do the leave no trace. Yeah. So I think I really like the the idea of having a gallon bag that you can put your various products in. And actually, I hadn't heard the dryer sheet trick before. And that sounds like super, super solid because, um, you know, if you can try and mitigate that smell, uh, particularly if you're out on like a really, really hot day and you're not <laughs> going to be somewhere for several hours, like mitigating the smell sounds great. Oh, yeah. Especially on long backpacking trips, too, for um, long surveys in your backpacking as well. That can really do wonders. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, like, depending on who you are, who you're digging with, what people's various opinions are, you know, duct taping the outside of your bag or throwing some paper in there, if it makes you more comfortable, go for it. But there are also plenty of people who are like, bodies are bodies. <laughs> um, so this is the waste bag? <laughs> oh, at, at some point in time. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where is this, like, if you're trying to... Like, I'm at the point in my career, like, like, I just, I don't care if I have to go pee. I'm just going to say to the crew, hey, guys, I got to go. I'm going to go behind that bush, turn around, unless you're going to, or otherwise you're going to get, like, you know, a big shock. And I'm kind of that point, too, with the the pads where it's just, like, I'm more duct taping around it where I'm just, like, I, I know it freaks them out a little bit. And granted, they should be able to just deal with it at this point. But it's just one of those, like doesn't hurt me but it is annoying and it's totally true mm -hmm. that it's, it's it's a natural thing it's our body it's you know but there's still the ooh factor <laughs> i really feel like 
were on a site with all women, like we would all have like a communal waste bag, <laughs> but like all of that, like hiding it and like getting rid of the smell and stuff is like for the sake of the men who are embarrassed of it. Because I mean, like I would hope that like as a woman, at, hopefully by like your mid twenties at the latest, like you just own it. Like you've had hundreds of periods at this point, <laughs> you know, like you just deal with it. But the one that I've always heard is like, if you wear cargo pants, you line the bottom pocket on each leg with plastic Ziploc and one side is your clean product and one side is your dirty product for like the duration of your trip. Huh. So I don't, I mean, the dryer sheet's a good, a good tip though. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, um, definitely. So, so there is another option, um, you know, when you're using pads and tampons, but there are organic um, companies that make biodegradable pads and tampons. So, you know, you can dig a hole and we all have trials and we all know how to dig a hole. (laughs) We're experts. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and bury it. And it is important to dig it because dig a hole to put it in because the blood can attract um, Mm -hmm. wild animals and you don't necessarily want to do that. Um, Isn't the standard what? Six inches, something like that. I believe so. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Okay. Um, but that that is a perfectly viable option because you're talking about, uh, you know, an organic product that's made to decompose and, like, blood, which is organic. Um, Makes sense. So, you know, if, you, if you're not into trying uh, to pack out, which realistically, it's just one more thing to, to keep track of and to carry. And if you don't want to mm-hmm. deal with that, like, it's completely understandable. Um, I know before we started recording, we had mentioned Seventh Generation, although there are some people who don't love that company. Um, there is one of our um, co-hosts who unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, um, has a brand she really loves, and we'll put the the Amazon link to that product in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Um, because, you know, being able to carry less stuff sounds great. Oh, definitely. Well. And also with the organic um, tampons, more so than the pads, like tampons are like unregulated. So when you buy a tampon, like the company can put whatever kind of like chemicals and stuff they want into it. So if you are hiking and you're like worried about toxic shock, you're way less likely to get it if you're using an organic product because there's no like you're not exposing like pretty much the most sensitive part of your body to like whatever chemicals such and such company feels like throwing into their product. So mm-hmm. that's like another consideration if you're going to have to like eight hours it or something, you know, my roommate actually has this bag of tampons that has the ingredients on the box. And I was taken aback. I had never seen a box of tampons with actual ingredients on it. And yet it, it, it goes in, so why wouldn't it have ingredients on it? That's a whole separate right. episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, why aren't women's For products sure. more body-friendly? Right. Like, why can men's birth control not get approved? Because it has too many side effects, but, you know, we can die from putting a tampon in. Right. Also, I would like to point out that all of those side effects are side effects that women face and like women face worse side effects than a lot of those uh, side effects that males can get from male birth control. And it's just like, oh, well, like, no, it's just a side effect of women's birth control. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, men, men cannot deal with those side effects. Like, how is that fair? Yeah. And men can't deal with women having uh, their periods in the field. And that's silly. That's too. not cool. Like bringing it back. I mean, I don't know if there have been issues before. I mean, I've been... Not often, but I've been teased about that before and I shut it down very quickly where it's like, oh, are you on your period or something? And it's just like, that's inappropriate. Don't you ever tell me that again type of thing. But it's crazy that that kind of behavior still goes on in the field too, where it's surrounding like that culture around the period of it being kind of like, oh, you're on your period or something or ew, that's so gross type of situation. You know what? 50% ish of the world is going to have a period at some point in their life usually for a bulk of their life uh 
many, many people got pushed out of a vagina. No way! Uh, periods <laughs> are necessary for procreation. I mean, like, some people have C-sections, right? So I can't say everybody. Right. <laughs> uh, well, vaginas, they're a thing. You know, and they uteruses. And if, you're, if you're gonna sleep with women... <laughs> and they do stuff sometimes. <laughs> They do stuff. And, like, here's the thing. If you're going to try and sleep with a woman, and I realize that there are men out there who aren't going to try and do that, and, like, that's fine, good for you. But if you're going to try and have, like, happy fun time in a woman's vagina, you should also be able to accept the fact that, like, sometimes blood comes out of it. And if, like, you can't deal with that, like, you should not be trying to have happy fun time. Oh, my God. We're getting real. The Women in Archaeology podcast. Well, I would also like to think that men who are archaeologists are like somehow, you know, they like have some background. I know not everyone, but in anthropology, like and as an anthropologist, they should be fascinated by the fact that we have periods, not disgusted by it. Like they should be like, oh, this is such an interesting <laughs> biological process and not like, oh my God, I feel like I've entered into a thing about the like vagina monologues or something. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe your vagina? I mean, <laughs> these are important things to talk about. Well, and I think it brings up an interesting uh, issue in that there are a lot of uh, archaeologists, uh, male and, and female, where there are, like, they'll participate in somewhat insensitive things, even though we've all been trained in anthropology and how to develop that sensitivity and, and period shaming, I feel like it's just another one of those mm -hmm. things. Like, like this is a human function. There are lots of humans that do it. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's a way of setting up boundaries and, and reminding women that archaeology was originally and is traditionally viewed mm -hmm. as a male discipline. It's a way of putting up a barrier. Um. Mm -hmm. And for any listener who has received any kind of flack in the field or has not been given the proper amount of time to, say, um, change pads, tampons, etc., that is a, a form of harassment. Like, don't let anybody make you think otherwise and you have every right to be comfortable in the field feel safe in the field and be able to take care of your monthly business however you want comfortably in the field yeah that's a really important point um, and i think that that is probably a great point to end our first 20 minutes on and when we come back we'll talk about some of the other methods for dealing with your period in the field <laughs> This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in Archaeology podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about periods. In the last 20 minutes, we talked a little bit about what a pain in the butt having a period in the field is, um, and some of the, shall we say, more traditional methods um, or more well-known methods for dealing with having your periods. In the next 20 minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about some other alternatives, um, menstrual cups, um, period panties, which like I will go on a rant about because I love them. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it'd be good for you to do your thinks panty advertisement now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, why? Why don't we start with, does anyone here use or have experience with menstrual cups? Like, let's start there so that I do not take the entire 20 minutes and just talk about yes. how much I love things because, like, I could do that. Um, I want to make sure I we cover using, all the topics. I'm using a menstrual cup right now, and I love it. Awesome. <laughs> I can, uh, what's great about the menstrual cup is that you can get it in there, you know, in the morning. Uh, I mean, it takes a, a couple weeks to kind of, not a couple weeks, a couple period cycles to get used to it and installing it properly um, and working, you know, reworking your period life around it. But 
once for like me, once it's in there, I can just leave it in for 12 hours and I don't have to worry about it until I'm like back from the field and, and you know, I'm going to take a shower anyway. Mm-hmm. And all right. <laughs> I, I, and then I don't, you know, I don't create extra waste. I, it's like, it was $30 for uh, this little you know, silicon cup. No, no, I take that back. I think that's for the name brand one. I got mine, I think it's a Luna Cup from Amazon. It was actually $15. What? Right. And when you think about how much pads and tampons cost, and by the way, they're taxed as a luxury item, who the hell made that decision? Other than someone who doesn't have a vagina. Obviously. Somebody. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's like also a whole nother rant for a whole nother episode. So, so I know one of my kind of like big concerns about a menstrual cup is that like I can also sometimes have a bit of a a heavy period, Um, and if you like ended up in the field with like an overfull cup and having to deal with that, and you could dig a hole and like dump the cup into it, but like you can't rinse it out. Um, It seems like it could be messy to take out, and like just getting blood everywhere sounds like a bad idea. Right. And that's what's nice about the 12 hour window. Um, that being said, I like on my first day of my period, I it's my heavy day and I'll put in like a pad as a backup in case it, it does overflow. But like period blood usually doesn't amount to so much that it's going to overflow a cup like it's not that gratuitous. Hmm. Okay. Um, but then for, like, the rest of the days, like, I don't have to do anything. I just get it in there and not worry about it for 12 hours and then worry about it later. Can you just give me some real talk about retrieval, though? Like, is that, like, a pain or oh, is it, Oh, like- you kind of have to get, uh, I mean, you're going to check your your parts for picks, right? So when you're doing that, <laughs> you may as well. <laughs> it's part of the process. Uh, you just have to be comfortable with the, you know, getting in there and then getting <laughs> it out. <laughs> what about the... I mean, it's part of your body. What about the sanitation process? Do you have to, like, be concerned? So if you're on a CRM project, do you have to have something where you can boil water? Or do you only have to, like, um, do wash with soap? Like, what's the process with that if you're especially on the go? Between periods, I like to, like, sanitize it and boil it. But during the period, like, just the the day-to-day changing, I'll just soap and water it as best as I can. Okay. Um, Okay. So one of the other things that I have, like, heard, I've actually never used uh, a menstrual cup, but um, is that, like, some of them have, like, little, I don't know, like, strings except they're not actually strings on the bottom of them to make them easier to like grasp to remove and that sometimes oh, yeah, it's like can a little be... yeah but, but sometimes it's a silicon can... extension yes exactly <laughs> um but i've heard that like sometimes those can be uncomfortable and like just in day-to-day life and then you think about the kind of weird positions that archaeologists sometimes find themselves digging in because you know you can't step in the square or you need to get in this tiny hole, or, you know, whatever reason <laughs> it is that you're digging in a super odd position. Um, it seems like that might exacerbate that. Hmm. I found that it flexes pretty well with my anatomy and how I'm set up, but uh, I did, uh, I knew one other archaeologist, she, uh, her anatomy made it so that, uh, like, she found that the little I mean, honestly, it's like a centimeter long, if that, at the tip of a cup. But she just cut it off um, to make it a little shorter. And then she okay. found that it's worked for her after that. Hmm. And I think, I mean, you could kind of get it in there more or less, depending <laughs> on on your uh, vaginal canal uh, length, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense, for sure. Yeah, they seem they seem like fascinating objects. Um, and I'm, I'm always curious. I have actually found uh, my own method of dealing with my period, and like cue the rant about things panties. 
because um, I love them so much. Okay, drum roll. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Penny. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, realistically, I'm probably not ever going to bother trying a menstrual cup. Uh, these panties. Oh, my God. They're amazing. <laughs> words cannot describe how much they changed my life right (laughs) so first of all like anyone who's worn a pad you know like sometimes you put them on depending on the thickness of them you can kind of feel like you're wearing adult diapers or something and they can get like stuck in weird places and you're like "Eh, maybe not the most comfortable thing in the world and everybody just kind of like deals with it and you learn to get over it and it just kind of becomes part of your everyday life or your you know once a month life um these things do not have that feeling at all. They have some sort of like hyper absorbent fabric in the crotch of them that when you put them on, they do not feel at all like you're wearing something that should help you deal with your period, which the first like three times you do it is terrifying, right? And you will run to the bathroom every 15 to 30 minutes being like, oh my God, oh my God, am I okay? Okay. Like, I can't believe it. There's no way this is working. It works. Right? The things, they're they're like sponges of eternity. They just like keep (laughs) sucking up all the things. Eternity sponges. Wait, wait, wait. But even on the heavy days, what if you're having just like, I'm going to bleed my entire body out? What? Right. So they they come in a variety, I think it's four different styles, one of which is a thong, which is for super light days, at which point, like, (laughs) I'd imagine. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I do not own any of the thongs, (laughs) right? But but they have, like, hip huggers and bikini shorts and boy shorts and, you know, I don't actually remember what all four of them are, but they're coded for how heavy a flow um, Ah. they... So... I just nice. bought these because you guys talked so highly of them. <laughs> yeah. And because I'm like normally like a super plus kind of girl, um, I bought three pairs. I bought two pairs of the boy shorts because they supposedly hold, hold three tampons worth. What? And then I bought yeah. Yeah, one pair of the hip huggers, which are just like regular underwear, which hold two tampons worth. So I haven't tried them yet. Um, because of course I like waited to the last day of my period to be like, I'm going to order these. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it because it's like a lot of bodily fluid. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I am like so super in love with these. I've been wearing them for a couple years and I will say, I'm not sure what the price is right now because like I bought, um, I think they were originally on Kickstarter. Yeah, they are. So they were originally short is $39. Yeah. Oh, wow. I spent like 90 bucks on three pairs. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, they were originally on Kickstarter and I got them on there and I like used them once and loved them and bought like another five pairs. And this was a couple years ago and I haven't bought any new ones since because they last forever. Oh um, so, so there is Ooh. an upfront cost. But again, when you think about how much it costs to buy pads and tampons every month, if you have a couple pairs of these underwear and they last for years, you know... Net okay. savings in the end, as far as I'm considered. Um, I will say in a not couple mention, years. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say not to mention like how many pairs of underwear have you ruined in your life because you like leaked. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the cemetery of underwear grows. Right. <laughs> you will not ruin these things. Um, in, in a couple years, I think I've been wearing them for two or three, probably closer to three years now. Um, basically, since it, as long as they've been out for. Um, I have had one issue in terms of, like, quantity um, of blood that can be contained. And that was, you know, a day where I had, like, I think it was 31 hours of travel. And I thought I had put an extra pair in my backpack and then, like, hadn't. And it was on, like, hour 27 or hour 28. And it was one of my heavier days. That I started to have a problem. Okay. What? So like that's amazing yeah. though. 27 <laughs> hours? That's right? incredible. Like these things are phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. They just like sponges of eternity. They soak everything up. They look super cute, so it's not gonna make it super obvious that you're on your period. Um sure. they have like a built-in deodorizing thing. I will say they are hand washable, and I have unfortunately thrown one or two pairs accidentally into the um, 
the washer and the dryer. And that does seem to decrease the efficiency of the deodorizing whatever is in it. Um, but like, it smells like a pad would smell. <laughs> like it's not, you know, anything new or different. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I wear these things quite frankly, sometimes I wear them when I'm not on my period. Cause like they're the underwear that I pull out of my drawer and I'm like, all right, like regular underwear, super cute. And then I'm like, oh, right. These, um, <laughs> I like dug in them. I ride horses, <laughs> you know, I've done rock climbing. They're just, you know, they do everything. You can bend, you can twist, you can go into odd positions. Like you, you just don't have problems with them um, so if you're on a, a long project and so do they dry really quickly in between washes so if you only have let's say two or three pairs are you able to like take or let's say you only have two pairs and you have to wash one while wearing the other one type of thing right. do they dry pretty quickly after a hand wash yeah i mean you should be i would probably say have Three pairs, just because oftentimes, like, especially if you're surveying or you don't have somewhere where you can, like, leave them out, um, mm. you know, if you wash them at night and then, like, leave them out overnight, like, they might still be a tiny bit damp in the morning, depending on what climate. I mean, like, if you're in the desert, they're going to be dry. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're in, like, a really, like, cool and humid place, they might not be completely dry in the morning, but they do dry pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um also, if you buy three pairs, they give you 15% off. Ooh. Yeah, so buy three pairs. <laughs> uh, how hard are they to wash? Like, how long does that process take? Um, Not very long. Um, I mean, like, throw you can throw them in the sink, just do it under running water. Or, um, like, if you don't mind, like, plug a basin in a sink, like, fill it up a little bit, scrub them out, you know, rinse them. And you will end up with, like, some bloody water if you're okay putting your hands in that. Like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right? Personal preference. Right. You, can, you can save some water there if, if you don't have a lot of water. Um, you know, they're really not difficult to wash out. Soap doesn't tend to stick in them. I mean, sometimes you'll wash stuff and it just seems like it takes forever for soap to get out. You're not going to run mm -hmm. into that problem with these. You know, they, they rinse out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, twist them. Dry them, leave them out. Um, are there like, other like brands really, available, or is it pretty much they're just so great. the Think pant Panties? Um, so there are a couple other brands. Um, the one that comes immediately to mind is called Period of Comfort, um, huh. which is another thing that I got on Kickstarter <laughs> that also work really, really well. They aren't as thin as the Thinks. Um, so they're, mm. they're slightly bulkier and they feel a little bit more like you've got something going on. Um, they do also have, you can very clearly tell where they're lined. Um, so if they're like inside out, like people are going to see them and be like, oh, like that's a different pair of underwear. Like this is, you know, their period comfort, uh, panties. Oh, Whereas, I like, gotcha. The things don't look like them at all. Um, but they're also, you know, comfortable and don't really have problems with, um, bleeding through any. I think there are a couple others that um, I don't necessarily the know, know the name of. I think I bought the Thanks and the Period of Comfort around the same time and tried both of them um, and clearly like absolutely fell in love with the Thanks and I just cannot say enough positive things about them. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is Thanks panties should give us all a couple pairs to try in the field, right? <laughs> clearly. Yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, also, they have t-shirts now. They have t-shirts that say, like, I love thanks and some other little clever sayings. I feel like you really need one of those. And do they have, like, special absorbers in the armpits or something? <laughs> no, they're just, like, for super fans. <laughs> right? They do sound really great for... Uh, they sound a lot less invasive than, than some of the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I also, again, uh, I'm going to try and look this up really quickly because it has been several years since um, I purchased these. Um, but I believe it's a, a woman-founded and woman-owned company. And I also think that they have um, some sort of... 
agreement in place to, you know, so for like the, you buy a pair of panties and they give a pair of panties to. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. You know, girls in need elsewhere, Mm -hmm. I I think. Um, Again, you know, I'm I'm going back a couple years um, in my brain here, thinking about their mission and things. Um, You know, I just, I love them. (laughs) so much um so much um anyways it sounds wonderful i know what you're getting for christmas yeah (laughs) (laughs) period panties um thanks i just i absolutely adore them they have changed my regular life they've changed my archaeological (laughs) life um I mean, prior prior to finding them, I was one of those people who like wore a pad and a tampon and like, worried about um, spotting and staining and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like I said, the first couple times you wear them, freak out constantly because, like, what do you mean? They're magic. What are they doing? Are they doing what they're supposed <laughs> to? Be? Yes, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's okay. Everyone freaks out the first time you wear them. Um, <laughs> They're just so phenomenal. Um, so uh, we've got a couple more minutes left, and I think there there are also some options for just not having a period. Mm-hmm. Um, right, that I think that is an option that some people choose as well. You, know, you can decide to um, go on the pill and just skip your placebo week. Um, or there's one pill that's designed to only give you four periods a year. Um, so all all these different forms of birth control um, that you can use, whether it's uh, an IUD or one of the, the arm bars, um, you have all of these options. They're not always great, um, depending on who you are. I know I had the arm bar for a while, and like something for about 90% of people, it's supposed to make their period lighter. And for, you know, another 8% of people, it stays the same. And for the final 2 or 3% of people, it's um, heavier. And, of course, I fell into the 2% groups. So that didn't work for me. Um, there are definitely options there. So this brings us to the end of our second segment. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those options for not having a period as well as what to do when you do have an accident. I'm Jessica Uquinto, and I'm the host of the Heritage Voices podcast. Heritage Voices focuses on how CRM and heritage professionals, public employees, tribes, and descendant communities can best work together to protect their heritage through tribal consultation, collaborative ethnography, and indigenous archaeology. Now back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in Archaeology podcast. So far on today's episode, we have been discussing what it's like having your period in the fields. Um, We've talked about some of the ways of dealing with your periods while you're in the fields, um, as well as briefly touched on um, some ways that you can try and not have a period in the field. I know we got cut off a little bit at the end of the last segment, so Um, Ladies, before we move on to some personal stories about what to do when embarrassment (laughs) and accidents happen, um, does anyone have any other thoughts on methods for not having a period while you're in the fields? I mean, one of the things that always happens to me is if I'm out of the field for a while, when I get back in the field, I end up like losing a bunch of weight and then my periods just disappear (laughs) because of dehydration and like, you know, (laughs) being uh, less than properly nourished because you know like if you do get that nice summer weight loss um that's one of the it's not good for you but that has happened to me a few times but that will take me to my horror story shortly so (laughs) wait so avoiding having your like like is this taking birth control and then stringing it together different different birth control options or um anything you've done in the past that's been successful or Personally, I've never done that. Um, not to say there's anything wrong with it. Just I've personally never done that myself. 
I mean, I've talked to my doctor about it before, and they, the, like, one of the reasons that they cite that they have those placebo pills in there is so that, like, you know you're not pregnant since birth control is not 100%. So, like, there's no medical reason why you don't, that you have to have a period every month. So, like, it's not, I mean, obviously, I'm not a medical professional, but, you know, you can skip the placebo month if you would like. Um, I did it for about two years, but I still would get a period, like, every other month. Like, it didn't ever 100% go away for me. So, it's not a, a foolproof way to not have a period. Sure. And there are certainly... Um different IUDs, some of which are supposed to lighten or stop your period altogether, some of which work, um, some of which don't. And a lot of it is um, kind of what's going on in your own body. Um, I know this is going to sound really silly, but a couple years ago um, when I was spending a bunch of time doing um, coastal archaeology and was living on a boat, but before I left, I, you know, had a five minute conversation where I stared at my uterus and told it that it had to behave for the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It was remarkably well behaved for two months and it came back and then it decided it hated me for about six days. <laughs> but it's worth a shot. <laughs> right? But um, weirder things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, most I'm not saying that it's a foolproof method, but um, a stern talking. All right, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> right, no more of your sass uterus. Keep it together. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did like basically two years of field work without a period because I was pregnant for the first part and breastfeeding for the second part, which is like no periods. I mean, it's a really expensive way to go, but. <laughs> uh, yes, that is not the reason you should have children. <laughs> but effective, sure. Uh. <laughs> um, so if, I mean, if you're really worried about it, there are options for um, trying to not have your period while you're in the field. Um, but of course... A lot of us do, and a lot of us have um, had those stories of that time, um, and it's it's totally normal, um, but it can also be kind of an embarrassing thing to deal with, also depending on who, you know, is on your crew. Some people are really great. Some people are um, not so great. So do we want to talk some strategies for what to do if you are on your period and you end up... Um, Spring in a leak, or <laughs> there's not really a great way to say it, but emergencies that cracks me up. I mean, yes, and they happen, and we've all we've all sprung a leak. <laughs> I think uh, one thing that's helped me out is I usually wear a uh, like a t-shirt and then a long sleeve button up in the field and so hey when there's an emergency and i've bled through my pants i can just take off the long sleeve shirt and tie it around my waist easy <laughs> peasy way of covering up um nice. but yeah the big thing is i mean i can't tell how many times i've been caught in the field like thinking oh it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen and then boom period starts so it's like always have pads or something in your backpack and always 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 have toilet paper because if you don't have a pad you can at least make something out of toilet paper <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, the bandana. I always yeah. carry a, an emergency stash of, of tampons in my backpack because even though I might use a cup now, what if I have a female coworker that has her? Because I've been that female coworker before that before I use the cup where it's like, I, I need a tampon. Does anyone have one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't always have necessarily have toilet paper, but no matter what, I always... No matter where I go, I bring either a bandana or like a wicking towel. And like in case of emergency, fold that sucker up and stick it in your underwear. Because if worse comes to worse, like at least it'll keep you from leaking until you or like bleeding through your pants until you get where you need to be going. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the emergency stash 100% all the time. Oh, and the emergency yeah. stash of candy. That's important too. <laughs> Ooh. Definitely. Because you're going to want that. 
You're going to want some chocolate and you're going to want some just general sugar. <laughs> yes. As I say, unfortunately, um, I mean, as prepared as you can try and be, you're not always going to... Things are not always going to go in your favor. Um, you might end up in a situation where you have, you know, blood through your pants and, you know, you just kind of don't have a shirt to put around your waist um, or, you know, whatever it is. And in that case, um, brazen it out. Like, if you act like it's no big deal, um, everybody else will probably also act like it's no big deal. If people are stupid about it, tell them they're being idiots. Um, well, yeah. Time to grow up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's definitely a, a shitty situation to be in, but people have definitely been in that situation before you and have survived. You were not the first. You will not be the last. Very true. I think it's always a good idea to, to remind people that their mother has had a period before. Like, would you say this to your mom if it happened to her? And then they're like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> right. Like, That's a good statement, though, because it's like, yeah, I just made you uncomfortable. Good. <laughs> I mean, like, everyone knows a woman, so they're, you know, like, if they wouldn't treat their mother that way about their period, then they shouldn't treat you that way about your period either. They shouldn't. That being said, the the would you treat your mother that way? Would you treat your sister? Like, it's effective from from just kind of like a progressing as a society standpoint. Like, would you treat a human being that way? Um, right, it might get true. you through the moment, but, you know, I think that there needs to be a broader conversation in the world about how we treat women. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, if a dude had a had an accident in the field where he like, I don't know, couldn't hold his his urine back for something, like it would be rude. It, or just if anybody, like, like, why are you staring at your coworkers' crotches to begin with? <laughs> just <laughs> point your eye up, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, if your coworkers shed their pants, be concerned, not mean. <laughs> Exactly. Like, hey, are you okay? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Not like, oh, you have you got some bodily function happening. Must suck. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be an adult. So horror stories? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, don't we? Don't I have some? <laughs> I, I may as well start with that. Um. So once I was in the field, I'm not always very good at... so. In sex ed, they told me that that every woman somehow magically knows when her period is every month. I am not one of those women. I don't keep track. I don't think most women are. <laughs> I know. Like, who are these people with calendars? I have only met one woman in, that I've known that has that calendar. <laughs> I have an app on my phone. So, I still don't know. <laughs> there we go. So, I got... A bit of a surprise on, like, one of my first uh, field digs. Uh, it was like a survey of this, this forest, and, and the, the crew, the, the field director was, uh, I, 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 uh, so I was already having kind of a bad time, and then, of course, I got my period, and lo and behold, I didn't have any tampons in my backpack, which is why I always have tampons in my backpack now. <laughs> <laughs> and none of the women that I had asked also did not, they, they did not have tampons either. Oh, no. Oh. So, so I was already kind of on my field director's shit list. And then I had, of course, my period come along. And I'm like, I, I got to go to the bathroom. And with this, with the company, I had to, you can't just drive a car. Um, you have to be authorized to drive a car. So I had to get someone else to drive me oh. to a gas station. And then I didn't have my wallet, or it was that I didn't have any money, or I didn't have my wallet, and I had to borrow $5 to buy this <laughs> It was just, a, it was a disaster. <laughs> just a vast unpreparedness. Yeah. 
That's rough. That's always super rough. Yeah, but... So, yeah, I always carry tampons in my backpack. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Yeah. I actually had um, a a field director um, once who, like, props to him because he was a dude. It was not a thing that, you know, he was not bleeding out of his vagina. Um, But he had some pads and some tampons that he kept in the first aid kit that went um, with the site. So that, you know. That's such a good idea. Right? It's just a wonderful so idea. Basic. Props to him. Right? Yeah. So basic. You know? Like, quite frankly, I don't know why pads and tampons don't come in first aid kits to begin with. Like, it seems pretty pretty easy. Hmm. But, um. Well, they're also useful for other emergencies other than period emergencies. So. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, bloody well nose, stick a tampon in there. It'll yeah. stop bleeding. <laughs> Anybody ever see, uh, was that, like, oh, yeah. She's the Man, that the great Vines movie? Yeah. <laughs> she comes in and just, yeah, got the tampon sticking out of her nose and the guys do, I mean, it's hilarious. They're effective, though. <laughs> That's true. And I can't remember, it was one first aid thing where they were asking about, like, alternatives. Like, if you don't have a first aid kit, what else could you use? And I totally remember one of the other people at the training saying, hey, if you have a pad, that's probably one of the best things you can use in, like, in a major wound situation. It's it's absorbent. It You can really, you can duct tape it to somebody's arm or leg or wherever the wound is or, you know, use the sticky part some, or something to, you know, put it on there and it's like wow that really makes a lot of sense yeah like yeah they're, they're built to they're absorb helpful. blood they're useful. <laughs> and sweat i've <laughs> heard of uh, i heard uh that people in the military who would get deployed to uh the desert they would want uh pads to stick in their helmets to absorb the, the sweat wow so- so when people made care, this was in high school when the war was a few years old, we were making care packages and it's like, yeah, we put pads in them so they can put them in their helmets to absorb their sweat. Yeah. Huh. I was like, huh. Um, an- I 100% believe in it. Yeah. Another really useful thing, um, more for, for like panty liners than um, pads because they're thinner. But if you, you know, like have new boots or you're getting blisters and you don't have a moleskin or anything, if you take the back off of a painting liner, you can stick that to the back of your shoe and it acts like moleskin, right? And it'll stop the rub. Oh, um. oh that'd be great for breaking in boots. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. That stops blisters. It's cheaper than moleskin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like quite as good as moleskin, but... Uh, I like it. It works, right? Feminine, hi- feminine yeah. hygiene products good for more than just feminine hygiene. <laughs> the new podcast slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! My horror story is the same. Basically, the same thing. Like I was taking birth control. So I wasn't having consistent periods. I was like skipping the placebo week. So like, you know, I wasn't like I hadn't had a period in like five months. So when I'm standing teaching a field school and it comes on like a waterfall. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one of those where you can like, you're like, hmm, is that my period? No, this was like, oh my God, I just started my period. And so luckily, like, we weren't too far away, but I didn't have anything with me. So I went into the bathroom and realized that, like, not only had I, like, bled through my pants completely, but I had nothing. So I'm, like, rolling toilet paper up trying to make it. And I go and get in my car. I'm just, like, I tell my field director, I was, like, I'll be right back. I get in my car to leave. And my car was, like, maybe two months old. And there was a nice stain in my car on my car seat as well because it was that bad. And so, like... Then, you know, everyone, I come back like 30 minutes later and they're like, where'd you go? Like, what were you doing? And it's like all these little undergrads. And I'm just like, um, I had a, a, a little emergency and I started my period and um, you just need to get back in your hole and dig. And they're like, I thought you were wearing different pants. I'm like, how Who about cares? this? Like, 
Yeah, who cares? And all my pants look the same because we're in Virginia and the dirt is red. So (laughs) it shouldn't matter. But yeah, it was, it's just like the worst, you know? And especially like, because my absence was so noticeable, it just made it even more horrible. But you just went home, changed, came back, which I was lucky that I could do that. Because I mean, in the like field field, you can't do that. This is field school. But what made it bad is a little like, 18 year old male children who are children. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully now when they do future field work, they have a better understanding of the, the period struggle. They can <laughs> conduct themselves thusly. One can only hope. So for one of, <laughs> one of my horror stories concerning periods, um, it's just one of those goofy things where I was on a, uh, area where I had to backpack out to the wilderness and it took a couple days to backpack in a couple days to backpack out while it's being brought in by a horse like by horse with a pack train because I was meeting with a whole bunch of uh trail crew people out in the wilderness and then um the idea was I might hike out or I might be brought up back out by horse so I knew I would only be there for a short window of time Figured that I wouldn't need that much stuff. And just as an afterthought, threw in a couple pads and a roll of toilet paper. So, of course, period hit full force. And I and I ended up having to backpack out. So that actually took a lot longer for me to get out than if I had just been on a horse. Because that just takes a day. Mm-hmm. And, of course, run out of toilet paper. Run out of pads. I'm freaking out. And... um. I'm just like, oh my God, what do I do? And I'm just, it's, I'm a total mess. And I'm at that point where you're just, I'm almost out. You know, I'm almost like, I'm like six miles from getting to my out point. And then I can just hop in a park service vehicle and zoom on home. And I'm just so fed up and tired that nobody's around. Nobody was there for like miles. And so I just barely pop off the trail. There's really no cover anyway. And I just drop trousers and try to get cleaned up as much as possible. Who comes out of the trees? One of the trail crews. They decided to come out too. And I could hear them literally, they're just like talking, saying, and just stop. And I'm just like, (gasps) and I could hear the, I heard somebody go, hey guys, just turn around, just turn around. Everybody just turn around. It's like, great. I just like flashed everybody. I I don't even know these people and all this stuff. And then just was like, you know what? Whatever. I am grumpy. I am tired and I'm a mess and I'm on my period. Screw it. And just like pulled up my pants and kept walking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it was That's a whole different trail crew that, so they didn't know me at all. And so they, I'm sure they just thought I was like this wacky person just off the trail, just being like, woo, I'm, gonna just flash everybody so fortunately they had no clue who i was totally different group and was able to just get out of there well i'm glad they were just like okay well everyone turn around Mm -hmm. good good job guys good good job and of course it was all 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 men it was all all guys you know it was a good it was a good day good day in in archaeology Look at the discoveries, guys. <laughs> so, ladies, on on that note, we are reaching the end of our episode. <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know, periods are a totally normal thing. And they happen. Um, and anyone have You're going to have embarrassing moments. Right? You, you will live. We've all been there. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts? <laughs> there are heating pads that you are reusable. Where you crack them and they warm up and then you boil them and they get hard again so you can reuse them again. So you can bring one out in the field with you and it will last you like months and months and months. And they're, they come from like pleasure party companies. They're marketed as sex toys, but I don't use them like that. So if you have really bad cramps, that's like for sure a thing you need to look into. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. I think periods are a completely normal part of being human and it's you know don't apologize for it it's exactly. it's what your body's gonna do for sure yeah, don't take anybody's guff about having a period it's just part of life mm-hmm. so i think that brings us to the end of our episode as always we love hearing from our listeners you can always reach out to us at the women in archaeology at gmail 
www.thisisthisbrand.com. And if you like what you hear, you can always support the Archaeology Podcast Network by becoming a member. Just go to um, archaeologypodcastnetwork.com and click on the members tab. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Women in Archaeology podcast on the Archaeology Podcast Network. Please like, share, rate, and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. If you have questions, leave them in the show notes page at www.archpodnet.com slash WIA or email them to womeninarchaeologypodcast at gmail.com. The music is Retro Future by Kevin McLeod and is royalty-free music. To support the network and become a member, go to www.archpodnet.com slash members. This show is produced at the Reno Collective in Reno, Nevada. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.